0: hi i'm cassie hi i'm emily and this is full scream ahead your spooky road trip bucket list I'm testing, I'm testing, I'm saying things. I'm testing, I'm testing, I'm saying things. We're both saying things. I'm currently laying on the floor. I see, I see sound waves. I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to them now.
1: This is my new favorite thing. (laughs)
0: Level of comfort. That was a journey, but we got here. Which is what I tell my boss every time it takes me forever to do something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: gonna start using that at work. It was a journey, (laughs) but we got there. We got there in the end. We definitely can't use this lamp. This bottom light bulb now I'm going to lay on the right floor. Right into
0: your face. Right into my eyeballs. In case it didn't make the cut before Cassie yeah. is laying on the floor.
1: I'm currently laying on the floor to record this. And I cannot,
0: not because I would fall asleep. I mean, I might. We'll see.
1: <laughs> I make no promises. I'm very excited about this, though. It looks oh, no, no. I have to yawn.
0: Got, like, the twinkly lights and the candlelight, the ambiance. Oh,
1: my God. Honestly, yeah. You've got, like, the <laughs> twinkly fairy lights. I'm laying on the ground. I have a pillow.
0: We can move the candle closer. I'm <laughs> vibing, dude. Gonna be cats all over you in a second?
1: I wish Oliver would just love me and she won't.
0: Hey, she let you pet her last week.
1: Yeah, and then she hissed at me again.
0: Making progress. She is making progress.
1: She hissed at me while she had a treat in her mouth today.
0: <laughs> that take that took effort. Yeah. What a butthead.
1: She is. Are we gonna record a podcast this weekend? Because I don't have I mean I don't have time this weekend, so it would have to be during the week next week, or I'm do gonna you want to just record on your birthday? Thank you, <laughs> I appreciate that. So we take a week off,
0: or because this is coming out Sunday. Well, because we're I technically mean, we ahead do, of week, right? Yeah, because we got jumped ahead a week. That yeah. one week I didn't edit. We'll figure it out.
1: I don't yeah. have a topic.
0: That's that's okay. Okay, we'll I'll, figure it
1: out. I'll look into that. I just I feel like you can't make media research on my birthday week.
0: No, it's birthday week.
1: Yeah, and then <laughs> the Saturday after my birthday is my mom's birthday. Oh, where I will also be having like so, like I'm all excited for my birthday, right? And then for my mom's birthday, I'll be I'm scheduling my mental breakdown, um, so I'm unavailable both of those times. So maybe we'll just do something during the week to make up for my mental breakdown. You can do that. My, my pending mental breakdown <laughs> for listeners out there. My mother passed away for some context. So now I schedule my mental breakdown around her death date and birth date.
0: You're basically Batman.
1: Every year. I'm halfway to Batman. I'm actually part of the halfway to Batman club. Nice. Uh, uh, Have you heard that running joke?
0: Yes, I think I did when we were waiting for uh, um, your friend's Uber outside of the art house. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes,
1: yes. For (laughs) listeners, I, weirdly enough, have several friends who have had a parent die. And so uh, whenever somebody else has a parent die, when we feel the time is right, and if we feel it is their humor as well... We will welcome them to the Halfway to Batman Club. Uh, One of my friends, his mom, unfortunately, passed away a few years ago, and his dad had passed away a long time ago. Um, And so the way that he told all of us is he was like, hey, guys, guess what? And we were like, what? And he's like, I went full Batman yesterday. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Which just was incredible and heartbreaking and the only way you can deal is humor so that's so sad welcome to our humor podcast about (laughs) travel places
0: i did have to call my dad for help on monday when mercury retrograde went full mercury retrograde Mm -hmm. um so i went to open okay so we have a really nice view in our office. Like, this is the first time I've ever worked anywhere with a view. And I get there at 4 in the morning. So I wanted to open up all the blinds so I can watch the sunrise over the mountains. So every day I go in, I stand on the empty desk, and I open all the blinds. But Can you,
1: can you describe really quick why you have to stand on the desk to reach the blinds?
0: Because the windows are... They go up to, like, the windows start, like, where my shoulders start. Okay. And because there's a desk in between me and the... Window, you can't reach the rod. I can't rod. reach
1: it. I'm too short. Okay. The answer is you're too short to reach. But now the rod. I don't
0: have to because we found we found a solution. Because I refused to do it again stand on desk. after. Yeah. So continue, continue. Yeah, so I always stand on the empty desk. But we had some a new start this week, and I was like, that's really disrespectful to keep standing on their desk, so I'll use my own desk. So anyway, my desk collapsed. full-on <laughs> collapsed. Like, the wall in between our cubes, like, had to be removed, too, because everything was just off. Um, computer equipment was all over the floor. Um, <laughs> my fake plant went from the windowsill to the floor. It took us two hours to put it back together. I was like, listen, it's 4 a.m. People start filtering in around 6.37. We have until then to fix this. We are not telling the bosses. We are not telling facilities. (laughs) We are not telling anyone important. How did you fix it if you didn't tell anybody? Well, me and my one coworker who was there, we fought with it for a while. And then he was like, okay, these are the tools I need, but I do not have them. And... They're not with um, all the tools that we found in the networking guy's office. He's best friends with the networking guy, so it's not technically stealing. (laughs) I accept.
1: Are they work besties or actual best
0: friends? Actual besties. Okay, then then that's fine. Besties. That's fine. Um, So I called my dad. I'm just like, hey, you normally get to work early, right? And you work on the same floor as me. So, uh, AJ, tell him what you need. (laughs) Can you bring this list of tools? So he brought in tools, and then he brought my brother, who apparently works there now, too. So now there's three of us on one floor. It's too many. It's nepotism. I mean... Except we're all in different departments. <laughs> I know. So, yep, I spent over two hours getting my desk put back together. And then at one point, because it was too heavy to lift, we had to take... Because my monitor stand is built into the desk, we had to take all of the monitors off the monitor stand. I'm like, this is, like, a really bad day for me to choose to use, like, four monitors. That's... Wild. <laughs> so, like, it was a full-on desk collapse.
1: What do you use four monitors for?
0: One for email, directory, instant messaging. One for my virtual machine, which I do all my admin tasks on. One for working on stuff. One for creating tickets. Interesting. And then I lose, I like, the system breaks down somewhere around, like, 7 a.m. And then it's just windows everywhere. Got it. Got to find where my mouse is. Got to find where my window is.
1: That's hilarious. Um, Yeah. So congratulations on your collapsed desk. Uh, And how many people at your job know about this currently?
0: Um, There is three of us who know because I can't keep a secret, but I had to tell someone. But everyone has been sworn to secrecy. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know what? Because I stopped telling people at work what the name of my pod was because I'm just like, I know one day I'm going to say something mean and it's not going to go over well. And I'm going to forget to edit it out. I was just like, you know what? Here's how I'll tell who actually listens to the pod and who's been bullshitting me this whole time is to announce that I broke my desk.
1: (laughs) Wait, are there coworkers that say they listen to the pod and you don't believe them?
0: I don't ask about their personal lives, to be honest. That's for the best. But they keep asking for the pod name. So like, who knows? Like they're
1: interested in it?
0: (laughs) Yeah. But I'm also like, someday I'm going to say something mean or gossipy and I'm going to forget to edit it out. Do you think we should have
1: business cards? Ooh, we can make cute-ass business cards. Yeah, I just think it would be fun if we just, like, walked around and were like, hey, you look like you're fun. Listen to my podcast. Mm, Yeah. What if, I know there's a bunch of podcast ads. What if we were able to, like, make an ad and play it on other people's podcasts? That's right. People have to know how
0: to do that. I'll ask the internet later.
1: Well, yeah, because that way it goes to people who already listen to podcasts. That's like, I get tons of ads for podcasts when I listen to podcasts. Yeah. I've said that word a lot. Just um, going down the podcast or have a hole. Surprising nobody, I'm still listening to Behind the Bastards. <laughs> and so, like, during every ad break, there's, like, two ads for different podcasts, and I've started listening to a few new podcasts because of stuff like that.
0: I finished Radio Rental, which is confusing for me, because those stories, like, really freak me out and really make me, like nervous like they're good well-told true crime stories but then they're hosted by terry carnation and literally all i can picture is dwight from the office in the supply room like with the lights off being weird um is that who that is yes okay <laughs> same actor and it's like i love this image but also the voice now is just, i'm confused because yeah. now i'm terrified while thinking about dwight shrew oh, i'm wearing my shrew farm's shirt so that worked Th- um that's funny <laughs> so yeah so that was my week I broke a desk and, uh, oh, and then my my solution, so how I don't have to climb on desks anymore is one of my coworkers has like a back scratcher that's shaped like a hand, Mm -hmm. which we've never really used. We just kind of found it at our last building and bathed it in hand sanitizer, but now everyone's still too nervous to use it. That's understandable. But it's like shaped like hand, so it's easy to like loop the little blind strings and just... So I did that and I snapped the plastic part in half. Of the blind string or of of the the skeleton hand? Of the hand. Emily! But we fixed it, so now it's just the metal part. I can't break that in half.
1: I think you could find a way.
0: So then after, like, three hours of being at work, I'm just like, oh, my God. I haven't even had a cup of coffee yet. I'm usually on my second cup of coffee. How the hell am I going to calm down? So I need to go get a cup of coffee. So I did. Wait, coffee to calm down? Listen, I'm Lorelai Gilmore when it comes to coffee. Okay, that's... (laughs) That's usually the opposite of how that goes. Oh, yeah, for sure. I live my life in pure chaos all the time. That's true. (laughs) That is very true. So I went to get a cup of coffee, and then because I recently in the last couple weeks decided I want to wear my cute boots every day with heels instead of just tennis shoes, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm still not used to yet because I just started wearing them again since I'm now one year out of having a boot on my foot from breaking it, from doing stupid shit. Yep. So I'd stumbled my coffee everywhere, and then yeah. I went to go hide in my dad's office for a while. Once I got off, and I leaned on one of his desks, and I just heard like a crack, and he's like, "No, no, you're not gonna lean on that. You're not gonna break any more desks today." And oh my like, god, <laughs> poor Emily. I'm just like, Listen, those are the same day. Listen, all within the same couple hours. Oh my god. <laughs> How? I don't know. And then I came home and I got stoned and I accidentally ordered seven burritos from Taco Bell. I still have three in the fridge. I've had them for like three meals.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, what a problem to have. I was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to order Panda Express because I want to try the new orange chicken. And oh, yeah, they have vegan orange chicken now, right? They do. And then somehow I ordered
1: way too much damn Taco Bell again. Well, how did you get from Panda Express a Taco Bell? Let's start Uber there. Eats
0: gave me a coupon.
1: Okay, and so you said, fuck Panda, I'm getting, using
0: this coupon. It said, if you spend $25, you get 40% off and a free Mexican pizza. Okay. So I had to spend $40. $25. But it's Taco Bell. Okay, I think altogether my total came to like... 28 my total is always 28 dollars in a road from taco bell no matter what coupons i use or what i order it's fucking 28 dollars. it's a lot of money for taco bell oh well it feeds me for a couple days oh that makes more sense because i have no self-control i'm just like this sounds good and this sounds good and this sounds good that's fair and now everyone knows my eating habits why am i allowed to be an adult i eat so
1: many hot fries dude <laughs> it's a problem <laughs>
0: What are we talking about today, Emily? I'm sure it's not supposed to be hot fries and Taco Bell. Right. Let me open my dock. Um, I hope my phone doesn't die. What's it at? 26%. Okay, so I guess I'm a little higher than I thought. How long are your notes? They are double-spaced seven pages. We should be fine. Yeah, it should be fine. So today we're going to talk about one of the scariest places I've ever been. And I know they say... It's- so today we're going to talk about a salt mine in southern Poland. And... I know they say that, like, salt is supposed to, like, cleanse the negative energy of space or some shit, but listen, this is the straight-up creepiest place I've ever been. I walked in there, and I was like, I would like to go home, please. I know
1: you said a salt mine. Yes. But you said it quickly, so it sounded like a salt mime. (laughs) <laughs> like a mime out here just like throwing hands, you know? So I just... Can that be the episode image where it's just like a mime with Ready boxing gloves? <laughs> assault mime.
0: <laughs> salt mime. assault salt mime. Listen, the only thing we mine here is... The death of the patriarchy. Yes. I I don't know where I was going with that sentence. I just thought I would find it by the time I got to the end of it. That's me every time I start talking. (laughs) It's awful. I know you don't don't watch The Office, but there's a a great Michael Scott quote where he's just like, I don't always know where I'm going when I start a sentence, but I just hope I find it along the way. Uh,
1: Listeners at home can't see this, but I'm holding up two fingers, and it is because it is the second Office reference she's made today, knowing I do not understand The Office. I'm so sorry. We're going to do a bonus... finger for the third finger since she's also wearing an office shirt
0: oh i'm sorry i'm I'm just gonna keep track for funsies never mind we're not talking about dwight shrew um we're not talking about um haunted beet farms today haunted beet farms that's four (laughs) i don't
1: understand the reference
0: i'm literally wearing a shirt for beet winery okay but i didn't know it was haunted
1: (laughs) Do spooky episode on that anyway i'm just gonna make this a fun game where every time (laughs) you mention the office i'm gonna put another finger up and i'll keep you guys posted as we go all right, Ew. salt mine, creepiest place you've ever been to, despite salt supposedly, like, warding off bad spirits.
0: Yeah, so I had to look up, like, a bajillion different ways to pronounce this, because something about Slavic languages just break my brain. Like, I just, I don't understand. So from what I can tell on the internet, it's pronounced the Wili- the Wilitska salt mine. Wilitska. 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 so the Wielitska salt mine is in the town of Wielitska which is in southern Poland it's about two hours outside Krakow it has been active since medieval times and the mine was known as the largest source of salt in Poland since the 13th century and over the years has become very crucial for the country's economy why was that word so hard for me to say I've been having a hard time pronouncing most words this week.
1: I blame. I said, "Can you put tire in my tire today?" when I meant to say, "Can you put air in my tire?" <laughs> I was violently made fun of for it, which is understandable.
0: Can you take mercury out of the microwave yet, The cater had gone. <laughs> <laughs> so while salt predict- so while salt production has since stopped, still every day, there are several hundred miners that make sure the mine is a safe place and still work working it to make sure it survives in the best possible condition. So this mine is h- fucking huge. It's huge not just huge it's fucking, fucking huge. huge it yeah. is on average nine how stories many hamburgers? i have a conversion yes! <laughs> Bitch, we're
1: back <laughs> og fans know what's about to happen
0: <laughs> fuck yeah don't worry
1: i did the math this
0: time <laughs> <laughs> all right so the mine's fucking huge it's what it's fucking huge so it's up on average nine stories deep what do you but, mean on average because it's, it's underground, I don't imagine it's, like, totally level.
1: Oh, yeah, I, that's true. I guess there are some spots that would probably be deeper than others.
0: And the deepest point is 327 meters below ground.
1: What is, is that bad? in American?
0: Good question. But I did convert the walking tour, which on average takes between two and three hours. And no, they cannot get that estimate any closer. It is either two hours or it is three hours. No, thank you. You will walk 3.5 kilometers, which... And you I even wrote in American. That's 1.86 miles or 33,671 hamburgers. I like that we both said in American. <laughs> it's a lot of hamburgers. It's a lot of fucking hamburgers. So what are some things that are inside this mine that people literally come from all over the world to see? Salt. There's a lot of fucking salt. <laughs> it's for them salty bitches. <laughs> I mean, when we went in with my tour group, one of the very first things my group did was one of the girls wanted to really test if the walls were made out of salt. Did she lick it? But she was like, listen, how many tourists have licked these walls? So I just hear like yelling and I turn around and there's like three people trying to lift up this girl to the ceiling to lick the roof. And I'm just like, what, what, what am I watching here? I
1: mean, good for her for knowing too many people be having their tongues in those walls. She's going for a spot no one's licked. I guess it tastes like salt. Did she not believe them that it was salt?
0: (gasps) So besides the seemingly endless labyrinths, there are hundreds of salt carvings and statues made entirely out of salt. There is pictures made out of salt. There's statues made out of salt. There's, like, murals made out of salt. Jeez. Are the murals, like, carved into the walls? Yes. Cool. It's kind of awesome. But also it's just, like, really, like, dark and drab and, yeah. Do they
1: have, like, lights built into the tour?
0: Um, They actually, in a lot of the bigger caverns, they have chandeliers made out of salt crystals.
1: Oh, cool. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: There is also a whole ass lake in there and several chapels, like famous chapels, with more statues and carvings and photos. Wait, chapels?
1: Like big chapels?
0: Yes. Like in the mines? Yes. Are there like services held there? Sometimes. You can book a wedding there. Cool. Oh, I got ahead of myself because then after that I wrote and also complete artworks that are made out of salt, but like carved from actual salt and not just the artist's pain. Why did I write that? And not just the art- Oh, because the art It's not just that it was made from their saltiness. This is what happens when I write notes when in- I'm not in my right mind. Incredible. <laughs> 10 out of 10. So this mine is so large that even though the walking tour is three hours long and you go through all of these places, it was so much walking... Tourists can only see two percent of the labyrinths. Whoa! That's what? how fucking huge it is. You can only view up to two percent. Is the
1: rest not charted,
0: or not is it just safe, not available? Uh, not to available to the
1: public. The public. Okay.
0: I know they are slowly, slowly expanding
1: that because mm-hmm. like they're adding sp-
0: support structures and stuff. Yeah, but it's just—it's so massive. That's crazy. It's huge. It's um, a lot of sources I saw like referred to it as a un- full underground city. I mean, it has everything you need. It has the lakes. It's got the living quarters. It's got the chapels. It's That's crazy. And everything is made out of salt. Pure salt. That's crazy. It's. I wonder if the lake is... You know, there's
1: like the, the saltwater beaches that have like so much salt. Like the Dead Sea, I think. It's like there's oh, so yeah. much salt that everything floats. Nothing can sink. I wonder if it's
0: like that in the lake and the salt mine. Maybe. I want to show you a picture of this just so you can get a feeling of how fucking eerie it is. Something about it just fucking freaks me out. That's pretty bright, dude. It look like, then. I don't know why. It just looks like a scary dungeon in a video game.
1: Oh, it absolutely looks like a scary dungeon in a video game, but I really really love it. I realize you can't go on until I give you your phone back, but I'm looking at a couple <laughs> more pictures. So here's the thing. These pictures are really, really bright, which is taking away from the eeriness for me.
0: Yeah. I think part of the reason why it's so bright is because, again, they have a lot of chandeliers everywhere. And also some, like, regular track lighting.
1: Yeah, but I I feel like being there, the vibes would be so different.
0: I just think because, like, I expected, like, everything to be, like, I don't know, whiter with bean salt, but it's, like, it's a lot of stuff looks, like, black. That's true, yeah. Like, black walls, black sculptures. Just like black. heart.
1: It's, <laughs> yes. I'm black and salty. <laughs>
0: exactly. Cannibals don't come at me. <laughs> so, let's start with a little history on the mine. So it was at the turn of the 11th and 12th centuries when the salt springs began to weaken and disappear. And there was an active search for brine, um, which started construction of wells in the area. It was in the 13th century that while one of the saline wells was being dug, they found the first lumps of rock salt. Then they're like, wait a second, we don't have to like get all this briny water and boil it. We can just mine it like any other rock. And that's when the first shaft of the mine was dug in the 13th century. Wow. Fucking old it is. That's very old. So Casimir III was the only Polish king who was given the moniker of great by his descendants. A common phrase I found about him was the reason why he was considered so great. And I guess this is a good thing? Question mark? (laughs) Um, It says that he found a Poland made of wood and left it made of stone, which sounds atrocious to me. But I mean, I guess in olden times that was considered progress. He what? He found a Poland made of wood and left it made of stone. A Poland? Poland. Like the country. We're we're in Poland. Well, I don't understand the phrase. He found a Poland. Like a country. Yes. And it was made of wood and left it made of stone because he built so damn much.
1: Did they not build a stone before he got there? I don't know.
0: I'm I'm sorry. I didn't dig this
1: far into the I think this one's going over my head a little bit. (laughs) I think this one's a little over my head. So basically, he just built a bunch
0: of shit. Basically. With rock. Yeah. Okay. And he was, like, the first person to really, like, invest in this mine and get this mine going. And he definitely could not have done any of it without the revenue from the mine. Mm -hmm. Um, Because at the time, this particular mine contributed one-third of the royal treasury's income. That's how much salt they were mining. It's a lot. It's a lot. So the high profits from salt mining enabled him, among other things, to find the Krakow Academy, which was the first university in Poland that was funded by this. Oh, that's cool. He also issued the Saltwork Statute in 1368, which kind of regulated the mining laws and traditions and was supposed to guarantee the mine-stable development and keep it... Going past when he was off the throne, mm-hmm. so well that happened because here yeah, we are. I mean, here we are talking about in 2022. So at the end of the Middle Ages, there was around 300 to 350 people working in Wulitzka, and the annual production of salt was between 7,000 and 8,000 tons. Tons? Tons. Jeez, it's a lot of hamburgers. <laughs> How much does a hamburger weigh? <laughs> feel like that's going to be a controversial quote. <laughs> it depends on how good your hamburger is. <laughs> so at this time, mining was still considered seasonal and the mine would only be open in the months when there was no other agricultural work to be done. And this lasted until the 15th century. There were only four mining shafts in one underground level in the mine. And we do have record of who the first tourist was who wanted to see this mine that was, you know, contributing so much salt and so much money. And this was Nicholas Copernicus who was a renaissance era polymath who was active as a mathematician and an astronomer and he was the first tourist to go to the mine in 1493 and in remembrance of their first tourists, they built the first salts figurine and set it up in a chamber that they named after him so you can go see his salt statue as you're starting your tour of the mines. that's so fucking cool yeah, like, oh my god, someone wanted to come see us. Let's build a statue of him made out of I sunset. wonder
1: if that's the thing that he's most famous for, despite being a mathematician and astronomer of his time.
0: I think he's most famous for being an astronomer, but, like, I don't know astronomy. That's not my field. Fair. You, you know astrology, not astronomy. <laughs> exactly. I had um, Different astro. a friend who worked with me in, at my bookstore. He was um, an adjunct astronomy professor. And he always joked, he's like, someday, someday I'm going to do it. My, fi- my final exam, it's going to have one question. It's going to be, what did I learn this semester, astronomy or astrology? How many people get it wrong? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what if the answer is both? Listen, I get them wrong at least once a day. That's funny. <laughs> So between the 16th and 18th centuries, the first maps of the underground were made. Now that the mine was open year round, there was more use for people um, who could survey the area and plan the area and actually make a map because now we're starting to get a little big. The operation got so massive by the 1700s, it actually caused a shortage of firewood for the entire region. Whoa, that's fucked up. (laughs) I know. Um, so not only were the operations stalled, but this lack of wood made it difficult to stabilize certain areas of the mine. And this also, you know, of course affected people in the area around it. There's no fucking firewood. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to cause a problem. Okay, it's only the 1700s. Let's go turn on our gas ovens. <laughs> Should we have light bulbs yet? I, no, wait, no. I don't know, dude. Time means nothing to me. Time is an illusion everything exists everywhere all the time always sort of yeah that's what i'm going with because in this time there were many areas that were considered dangerous every traveler who wanted to obtain every traveler who wanted to visit had to get a personal royal permit to visit the mine because the firewood shortage caused a lot of areas to be unstable so you actually had to go ask permission to be a tourist that's really funny um but people are still coming people still wanted to see this mine that's getting fucking huge I mean, something's never changed because people still want to see those mines getting fucking huge. I know. In 1772, um, their first partition of Poland took place. So basically, Poland wasn't a country there for a while. Um, so the three neighboring superpowers, Russia, Austria, and Prussia, took contr- um, split up that area and shifted the borders. Uh, Wilitzka came under the rule of the Habsburg monarchy um and was part of Austria. And they really kept up on the mine. Like they spared no expense to keep this mine going because they realized what like an economical powerhouse it was. Mm-hmm. Um so they used salt extraction using gunpowder. Um there was a railway line that was built underground. Um they even had like steam hoisting machines, and there was even like a what a 1700s version of a power plant was there, (laughs) which I did not Google what that was. I'm assuming something with steam. Probably. That would make sense. Um, And then there was the production of salt, which, you know, made it a more modern, high-tech for the time mine. It was the largest Wait, it was more modern and high-tech because of salt? Because of all the technology they had? Ah, that makes more sense. (laughs) Willitska was the largest production plant in all of Gallica, um, which... I looked up what that was. So that's a historical geographic region, which spans what is now southeastern Poland and western Ukraine. Okay. Um, At the time, and it was one of the most important production companies in the entire empire. But by the 1800s, they decided that they should maybe embrace the fact that it's now a tourist destination and people want to visit it. So around 1868, there was a portion of the mine that was opened up to be accessible by horse-drawn carriage. Whoa, what? And, and tourists
1: were taking... Like, you can take the horses inside the mine? I guess so.
0: Jesus Christ. Which I'm wondering how they did that. Because the horses um, would just lick the walls. <laughs> I mean, That's true. Um, but I'm also trying to figure out, like, how, like, the entrance was situated. Because how you get in now is you have to walk down an 800-step staircase. Kill me. It's not fun. Going back it's up. It's the South worst awful. part. Like, that is the main thing I remember from being here is that walk down the staircase. Was it a spiral staircase? Yep, and it's super narrow. Same into the catacombs. Oh my god. Yeah, going back up was a struggle. I almost fell. Oh, my God. See, at least at this one, there is an elevator at the end of the tour, but not at the beginning. Wow. Fucking rude. <laughs> catacombs didn't have an elevator okay. at all. At least I did not have to walk up 800 steps. I would have been like, you know what? Leave me here. I'm I, part of the mind now. I, l- listen, me. Just I throw would, me with the skeletons. <laughs> I I am part of the catacombs I'm now. I'm going to just stand in around the corner and shake chains and go, wee, tourists.
1: tourist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, alms for a
0: desperate woman (laughs) (laughs) fucking sweeney taught it (laughs) and in this tourist route that they were starting to develop they would take them to see the devil's drop which is where the miners would use a rope to descend down into the further parts of the mine no thank you and i don't know i guess like rich people wanted to just be like "Ooh, look at these poor people look how they work look how they throw themselves into danger each day yeah that sounds about right (laughs) And um, they were also, at this time, offering boat rides that you could purchase to go on the lake on. So uh, <laughs> In the Salt Lake? Yeah. Hmm. I, mean, I would do that. It sounds nice in theory, but I'm still just like, it, I think it's really fucking weird that all of these like, rich people are just like, let's go watch poor people work. Yeah,
1: it's definitely <laughs> a weird. Pe- like, visiting an active mine while people are working feels way worse somehow than visiting an abandoned mine.
0: It feels not great.
1: <laughs> yeah, it feels not great. Um, especially because mining is so dangerous. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, this was a very dangerous mine. Like, I couldn't find, like, any, like, exact numbers. But, you know, especially with some parts that were declared so unstable that a tourist would need to go get, like, a personal permit from ro- the royals. Like, people died. <laughs> Excuse a me, A lot of people died. <laughs> I realize you have a
1: kingdom to run and lots of charters to sign or whatever. But can I please go risk my life in this mine watching poor people work? Thank you.
0: <laughs> Basically, so where did I go? Where did I
1: go? So at the
0: end of the 18th century, the number of guests had reached several dozen a month, which doesn't sound like a lot now, considering how many people visit it. But it was a lot then. But by the end of the 20th century, there was several hundred people a week visiting. A week or a month?
1: A week. Okay. So the first one was that dozen people a week or a month.
0: The first one was several dozen people a month, and now we're up to 100 people a week. Wow, that's a huge increase. It really is. Um, and they had a guest book, and um, around this time, most of the names in the guest book were high-ranking officials and members of aristocratic and royal families. Rich, so we're really people. rich people going to see poor people. Eat the rich. The seasonings are right there. <laughs> <laughs> they they probably came out real nice. And Listen, after if we eat the their- rich,
1: you don't want to eat them alive, and there's plenty of salt around to you know like preserve
0: them exactly listen I don't eat meat but I would eat the rich this is a humor podcast (laughs) for legal reasons this is a joke so at the end of World War I Poland got put back on the map and was uh, an independent country again and the mine became the property of the Polish state treasury and was taken under Polish administration again between 1918 and 1939 which is known as the interwar period the massive mine was known as the place that would hold political rallies and conventions and was a popular meeting place People just like to go hang out in this mine. There I were think. political rallies inside the salt mine? Yeah. So in the 1940s and the 1950s, um, these were characterized by an increase in production, regardless of the cost, which meant there wasn't a lot of care being taken into the mine. Like people died. Like people were not having great working, con- working conditions. Surprise, surprise. Like the quality and the care and the security had gone down, but production had gone way up. Oof. So. Not great, and it goes from not great to worse because during World War II, the Nazis, of course. Why they're always Nazis? There's always fucking Nazis. There's been like, Nazis in several episodes we've done. I know, fucking Nazis. Worse. Nazis in caves, and they and they occupied the mine because because they occupied fucking Jesus, everything. Jesus Christ! Fucking, fucking Nazis. Nazis, and so this is this is a rough bullet point um several thousand jews from the surrounding labor camps um were transported and were forced to work in the mine so now we're having jewish people work here like a concentration camp it's horrible yeah it went from bad to worse real quick jesus Um, Nazis couldn't leave anything alone could they nope um they also set up a factory inside that was meant to manufacture weapons but this never actually got finished, luckily, because the Nazis learned about the Soviet defense that was nearing, so they just kind of abandoned their weapons-building factory in the mine.
1: How did they think they were going to fit a weapons-building factory in the mine? It's fucking huge. Okay, but a <laughs> weapons-building
0: factory? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> After the war, the equipment um, that the Germans had was transported to Libaneux. It only took them a couple years to get the mine back up to normal after they got the Nazis out of there. It began operation very quickly within like a couple years. Okay, good. Um, so
1: a few. I wonder if there's like still like hidden artwork and stuff somewhere in the mines from oh, Stolen. From
0: probably. Nazis. With how much like fucking like. Like how much it's art- like a maze down there like yeah
1: and like especially considering like how much art the nazis hit at the castle from last episode yeah like i wonder if
0: they took it with them there's to like all a whole chamber different- we haven't discovered yet
1: yeah you know like Oof. there's always something
0: yeah i wonder um because even the tour guides today still say like even though you're not allowed to be down there unsupervised like they still say they lose people all the time like shit, I can just imagine like some fucking poor tourist losing his tour group taking a wrong turn and just like accidentally opening up a chamber of horrors no thank you that's that's like my biggest fear, like just not not memorabilia everywhere <laughs> yeah, the mine has four chapels, um one of which is known the Chapel of Saint Kinga, and this is the best known and is the biggest um. When I was there, you literally were not allowed to take pictures unless you purchased a special wristband and showed like, all the workers your wristband before you took a picture. Why? I think they just wanted to preserve it. But since COVID happened, they now have a couple of rooms that are available for a virtual tour that you can see for free. And they do have this chapel in there. It's the chapel of uh, Kinga, Saint Kinga, um, K I N G A. Ooh. Right. Look at it. Look at the um, walls. This is spoopy right the walls look like brick is it brick or is it salt salt but they
1: look like bricks they like carved designs into the ground yes that's they carved tile into the ground and it's just salt that's bananas here's uh here's kind of like a more
0: panoramic view you can see kind
1: of the artwork and the floor is salt
0: everything is salt
1: except for the wood yeah that's bananas i'd go to a wedding there oh
0: i, I mean it's spooky as shit but i mean i would and, um, so, like I said, like we weren't allowed to take photos while we were there, unless you like purchase special permission to, but you can visit this chapel virtually on like a virtual tour on their website, which I thought was very nice of them to do during COVID times. Um, so this chapel specifically is dedicated to a Hungarian princess who has an interesting legend about how she became the patron saint of minors. She was about to marry the Prince of Krakow. And as part of her dowry, she asked her father to get her a lump of salt, Because it was so valuable at the time. So her father, King Bela, took her to a salt mine in Moramos, and she took her engagement ring and threw it down the mine shaft before she left for Poland. When she arrived in Krakow, she asked the miners to dig a deep pit until they came upon Rock. And when they dug, they found a lump of salt in there. When they split the salt in two, they discovered the princess's ring, and King then became the patron saint of miners who would keep them safe while they were working in and around the polish capital and this is her chapel that's dedicated to her mm-hmm. there's also another room where there are full like human-sized salt statues depicting the scene where they present her with this ring the ring that they found after so long yeah interesting is she a real person or is it just the uh... i think she is a real person but the legend is just that got it in 1996, they did make a decision that they would end industrial salt production um, due to falling salt prices. But, like I said, there's still hundreds of people employed by this mine. They did turn it into, like, a full tourist attraction, but it is now a historical landmark. Mm-hmm. It is, like, on the list of, like, important historical places to visit. And they are still constantly working to stabilize it, to make mm-hmm. it more accessible, more accessible. I wonder if they're going to build, like, a little hotel inside the salt mine. Maybe. I think they do have, like, a restaurant in there. Oh, my God. It's just, like, radical. I know. By the time we got to the end, we got to the more, like, um, quote-unquote civilized area, I was just like, get me out, get me out, get me out. (laughs) (laughs) So. What do you mean by civilized area? Like, they have, like, like. Like, when we got to the end, like, it was more like we felt like we were inside of a building instead of a mine. Okay. And like I passed like a lot of touristy things and I just kinda ran for the elevator. But you were still super far underground and you were still surrounded by salt. We were still nine stories underground, yeah. That's crazy. So crazy. Um It's wild to think how people used to build all this stuff, huh? Oh my
1: God, I know. Before now like, we modern even, technology. Well now we can't even build houses that don't look like the fucking same house.
0: Houses that don't like fall down at the slightest breeze. Yeah. Jesus Christ. We're terrible. We have failed as a society. Down with capitalism. Woo. According to the local legend, there is a demon who lives in this mine too. Rude. He is called the treasure, but it should be noticed that in some Slavic belief systems, um, the name demon demon isn't necessarily mean evil. Okay. It just means it's just like a general word for spirit and for some systems. Okay. But they do refer to him as a demon. His name is the treasure. And he appears in a lot of stories of miners and is generally considered a good spirit. Oh, yay. Love that for him. So the main story about the treasure, which um, circulated amongst the miners for a long time and is still one of the most popular um, legends to come out of this mind, it's the story of a young boy. He, after his father died, he was forced to find a job so that he could support himself and his mother. It doesn't say how old he is, but he just keeps being referred to as a young boy. Mm-hmm. Um, So I don't know. I'm just picturing like 10, 11. I'm probably way off, but I don't know. Um, So unfortunately, the manager of the mine at the time decided that the boy would not be able to cope with the hard work in the mine. He was too small. He was too young. But this guy, this little kid, he was so fucking persistent. So he said, here, you can have a week to prove that you are able to excavate as much salt as your older colleagues. So, on the first day, he started to get like super overwhelmed and he wasn't up to the challenge. And he was just ready to go and resign and try and find another job. But then this elderly miner approached him and said, Listen, I will help you work, but in exchange, I want half of your salary. What? Yeah. But the boy agreed and so the old man helped him mine and the boy met his quota for the day. The manager was super proud and gave him permanent employment there. And the boy, once he got paid, he took his pouch full of coins and went to find the older guy who helped him. And the senior miner just laughed at him and said, "Well." That was really honest of you. And then he turned into his true form, which is the treasure. And he told the boy, you will keep your money and only if you remain honest forever. Aww. So. Good moral lesson. Don't lie. So he is considered a kind demon who helps guard the mines. Um, He's also been known to warn miners against dangerous areas. He can help warn them against fires and floods that come through. He also helped find people, um, help people find tunnels. And it's also said that if you die in the mine, he will help escort your soul outside so that you don't get lost in there forever. Aww. Good demon. Love him. We stand the treasurer. (laughs) The treasurer had, um, such a high appreciation of honesty. It's why some people don't consider him very good because he is also known to punish people who are lazy, who cheat at work, and are mean to their colleagues. I mean... (laughs) I'm not mad at that. I'm fine with that. We also aren't the people who are doing any of those things. (laughs) He became such a well-known figure of the mine. uh, He was actually given his own chamber. It is along the main tourist route. So if you take the main walking tour, you can walk through his chamber and you can view the statue that they have made of the treasure. And then, of course because you can't have somewhere haunted without one of these bitches hanging around. (laughs) There's also the white lady of the mine. There's always a lady in white.
1: Always.
0: (laughs) Always. Like, come on. Can you guys be a little bit more original with your ghost? So among the miners' legends, uh, there was a woman who haunted the mine who'd use her charm and her womanly wiles to lure men to certain doom. Her reasons were not clear, and it's very, very... I'm sure they were good. (laughs) I trust her. I think um, the main reason why she was blamed for so much shit was just so that the workers could have someone to blame their misfortune on. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> just, just blame the lady. It's her fault. Yep. Uh, but the modern miners do have a reason why they don't fear her anymore and why they think she is permanently gone from the mine. And this is another local legend. So it goes, One night there was a young miner and he was working overtime alone in the mine when he suddenly saw a beautiful woman sitting on a barrel. The woman was dressed in all white, as pale as chalk, and her mouth was blood red. Sorry, that's just me on a Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) You do wear a lot of red lipstick. I do. I wear red lipstick every single day. Gotta be as girly as possible. Yes. Um, He immediately uh, recalled all these legend about this lady in white, but he wasn't afraid of her. So he decided he was going to start a conversation since he knew what she was. So the white lady said that she needed help. But in order to not disturb the men at work, she would call in the gnomes to replace him. And I'm actually really glad that this story mentioned gnomes. Because when I was there, I saw so many fucking gnome statues. So many gnomes. Like, little statues of gnomes just, like, everywhere. Everywhere. And nothing mentioned the gnomes. Like, Oh I my god, they're just not in the tour? They're, they're in the... Like, you go through them in the tour, but no one said anything about the gnomes. But like, they don't talk I, about the gnomes in the tour. There was nothing on the website about the gnomes. <gasps> what? And I didn't also see any pictures of the gnomes, so I was trying to think, maybe I hallucinated all the gnomes. Maybe if I had been scared of this place with all the gnomes for so long. And then I find this legend where it's like, this lady's like, oh, I mean, like, I don't want to get you in trouble. Let me bring in my gnomes to help finish your work. And then That's... all these gnomes just fucking appeared behind her. And, and then they haunted Emily in. forever. Yes. Listen. She can
1: never escape the gnomes.
0: They're barely, so apparently gnomes live in this mine, too. Um... So the gnome scattered from behind her back um, and went and took his place so that he would not get in trouble for not getting his work done. Okay. So she could talk to him. Um, she decided to tell him her story. She confessed that she had once been in love with a miner and enjoyed walking together through the dark quarters. Unfortunately, their happiness was short-lived and her chosen one was sent to the army and he never returned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, That's conscription, right? Yeah, I think so. If I've played enough Dragon Age, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So nobody knows about how long this lasted, but when the girl finally decided to leave the mines once she realized that her lover was never going to come back, she realized that she had been cursed and she wasn't able to walk through the exit on her own two feet, which is why she needed help. So this guy, he decided he was going to try and help her, so he took her and they headed for the exit they walked really quickly and when they got to the way out he felt that she was just becoming heavier and heavier and he like tried to carry her out but it wasn't working she's just getting so much heavier the closer they get to the um mm. door and then as soon as she felt sun on her skin there blew a wind which caused her to turn into salt salts and Damn. no one has ever seen her again I mean, it's because she's salt. We eat her. <laughs> we're all cannibals here. I mean. That poor lady. We we drink water from, Lake Mead. I wouldn't be surprised if we've had, like, body in our water at some point. I mean, they found, like, eight bodies there this year some ridiculous number. I know. And now that it's getting, like, lower, we're going to start finding some, like, weird shit. Didn't we already find, like, a mafia hit from the 70s? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, preserved. Yeah, because they were, like, sealed in a barrel or something. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna find so much stuff there in the next couple of years. There's gonna be so many bodies. Oh my god! But yeah, I'm, I'm sure like not just like people salt, but like people in water. Like, listen, we're all just. I'm not gonna say I'm a cannibal owner. Never mind. That seems incriminating. No, for legal reasons, this is a joke. <laughs> we're all just we're all just worms in the end. We're just
1: one long tube. Starts at our mouth and ends in our butt. You know, that's it. We're just one long tube. Oh, I hate that.
0: Everything else is just goo.
1: Oh, you're
0: welcome. I hate the human body. This is why I'm not a doctor.
1: Yeah, anatomy is <laughs> disgusting. Impressive, but disgusting.
0: Ugh. <laughs> if you were to visit the mine today, it is still very active, even though there's no more salt production. Uh, the salt underground is visited every year by two million visitors from around the world. That's so many. So How many, many is people. that a month? That's 2 million divided
1: so by 12. I gotta do the math. Hold on. <laughs> 2 million divided by 12. It's 166,666.6 repeating people a day.
0: That's so many.
1: Divided by 365. That's 456.6 people a day. Damn.
0: That's a lot of people. Damn. In 1994, it was declared a National Historic Monument by the President of the Republic of Poland. And every day, there are still 700 miners that work down there to make sure the mine is a safe place. Um, And right now, they're focused on preserving it and making sure that it survives the next generation in the best condition possible. Mm -hmm. So what they basically are focusing on right now is getting historic areas protected. And they are filling in some areas um, that are just kind of voids that are just causing, like... Structural concerns. Yeah, because they want to make sure it's safe for the tourists and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're making non-historical parts more stable, um, as well as trying to manage any water leaks that happen.
1: Well, yeah, because that's just going to
0: erode the salt away. Mm-hmm. And then goodbye salt mines. Goodbye. To visit, you do need to be able to climb down the 800-step staircase, which is the worst part of the entire...
1: True. I mean, honestly,
0: downstairs is better than upstairs. It's true. It's very true. But it's there, tight There's spiral. an elevator at the end. Don't worry. There's an elevator Did at the end. Did you get dizzy going down the stairs? Oh, God. I, I felt so lightheaded at the end when we got to the bottom. I think most of that was just like, you are nine stories underground. And I'm yeah. Like, oh, so my God. There's so much earth on top of me.
1: I wasn't super freaked out about that because I couldn't, like, visually conceptualize what that looks like. Um, but I got really dizzy going down the spiral staircase into the catacombs because the mm. spin was so tight and there were so many steps like I was just dizzy by the end I was afraid to fall
0: Ooh, yeah no I can see that but it's uh it's very narrow um not wheelchair friendly not wheelchair friendly unfortunately and uh I felt really awful because we were with the tour group and we had to like stick together otherwise you were gonna get left behind but then we're like lapping like older people on the stairs Oh. And I'm just like, it's already so narrow. And now I have to like, sorry, all 20 of us have to push past you now. That's awful. No, just wait for the old people. I know. That's awful. It was super awkward. But also, like, I was not going to get lost in a salt mine, so I apologize. Yeah, I would have done the same thing. The tour always takes place under the supervision of a guide. Although several tour guides have mentioned that they still lose people all the time. It's so massive down there. Stick with your buddy. So, like, to find loose people. Like, I assume these people are found. Like, people yeah, don't, like, like go like, missing forever in the mines. A people just, like, wander off or they, like, see something interesting. Um, I'm assuming most people are found. I don't think they have a very big problem with losing people forever. At least nothing that I could find.
1: How many people go missing in Salt Mine? <laughs>
0: oh, no. Um, but I'm assuming most of these people are found, but still... Like I said, the main route that you're allowed to walk on is only 2% of this labyrinth. So like, if you get lost, lost, you're gone forever. Forever, Um, ever, forever, ever. Forever and ever and ever. You're just, you're one with the gnomes now. I want to be the gnome queen.
1: Um, there is no immediate answer for how many people get lost at the mine a year. So that's good news.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming most people survive it. It's got to be. I'm sure, like, it happens often enough. They know the places people are going to wander off to.
1: Yeah. It says every day about 400 miners work in the mine. So there's still people working in the mine, but hopefully they're better paid now.
0: Hopefully. As I mentioned earlier, um, when I was there, you needed to to purchase a special wristband to take photos. Mm -hmm. Um, And you might need a different wristband for a different area. Um, But they do have several areas that are available for free virtual tours online now. Just... So that, you know, you can see more of it. I do really recommend it, especially the Chapel of St. Kinga. Please go look at the artwork. Yeah, the it's statue. really cool. It's, it's so cool. I, so I'm assuming since these are like all over the internet now, the policy might have relaxed a little bit. The tour takes around two hours, but can take up to three hours. Depending so if on you're planning kinda... stuff around it, like be prepared that it could last. Assume it's going to be five hours. So Ass- that way you have time before and after. <laughs> Assume it's going to take longer because like... a little difficult to get out of there in a hurry and it's not like you can just like run to the exit by yourself
1: yeah and I imagine a lot of it has to do with like how um how fast the people in your group are right like if you have a tour group that's more elderly people and they walk slower then your tour will be longer
0: yeah I know I was down there for a couple hours at least I don't know exactly how long I just know we were in that town for like most of the afternoon because we were getting into Krakow that night and we didn't get to Krakow until like Nighttime. Mm-hmm. Which, cow is, like, my favorite place I've ever visited. Really? You can also sign up for a special tour, which, instead of taking you on the tourist route, it'll take you down the miner's route, which is a hands-on experience where they get you a little jumpsuit. Oh, my and God. teach you traditional mining techniques. I want to do that. That sounds like more fun. It does sound kind of fun, but... It- but you'll never go in there again. I, I don't know. If, I don't I don't want to go here again. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a super spooky vibe. And there's so much history, so many people that have visited. It's just, like I said, I know salt is supposed to, you know, cleanse the energy, but I feel like... Not there. Not, that's not always Ma- the case. Maybe it doesn't work nine stories underground. <laughs> yeah, um... Must be within this level. I need a white level. girl with a nose ring to tell me why.
1: It <laughs> need need, needs to be within this, uh, this distance from sea level for salt to be effective. Nine stories underground is not within that range.
0: <laughs> Let's go with that. But yeah, that is my presentation on the Wiliska salt mine.
1: I really want to go, and I know that you will never go again.
0: I will go to Krakow again, and this is like a two-hour drive from there. Okay, perfect. So
1: <laughs> I go to the salt mine. You get wasted in a bar.
0: Yes, Krakow was so much fun. Like, like the most, I mean, I know it's like probably of everywhere I've been, it's got like the most like horrible history, but I just, I found so much of it so charming. And this isn't in my notes. I just, I have to say it because this is my favorite. And Krakow
1: is in Poland as well, right?
0: Yeah. It is the closest major city to Auschwitz. So that is where you will most likely stay if you do visit Mm -hmm. those areas. But my favorite thing that I learned while I was in Krakow, and this isn't related to the mine, I just need to share it because I think it's so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and people told us this story everywhere. One lady and one... First of all, everything was so super cheap and we went there. And with the conversion rate, everything was so much cheaper. And we went to a store and some lady told us the legend of their dragon again. And she was so happy with us and she gave us coupons. And everywhere we went, everyone was just talking about the story of this dragon. So... From what I can remember, there was a dragon who lived in this town, and they needed to kill the dragon Aww. because he was terrorizing the town. So, this little boy went and fed him something spicy so that he would drink and drink and drink until his stomach exploded. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And what, do they like spicy food now because it saved them from the dragon?
0: I don't know, but there's like a statue of the dragon.
1: That's so funny. And
0: literally every tour guide was like, if you sit and watch the dragon, it'll breathe fire from its nose. Does and it? I don't think it does. I would I would be that <laughs> asshole sitting there for an hour watching the dragon. But that's what like every tour I went on told us about. But yeah, no, it's, there's a lot of fun local legends from this region. That's awesome. Which, I enjoy because this region is no normally just has such like a dark cloud over it being so close to like Auschwitz and all of that. It's Yeah, but it's very sad, but I like how we can kinda of break it up. Um like we I couldn't walk down a street without running into at least one brass band. That's so fun. Just brass bands everywhere. Street performers everywhere. It was it was a good time. I did really enjoy that visit. That um, sounds incredible. Yeah, so I, I'm focusing more on like the enjoyable parts of that trip instead of just like this very stressful induced <laughs> trip to the salt mines. I knew it was on the itinerary when I booked the trip. I just didn't. Could you think not about have it. skipped I, that part? I could have, but I paid for it. So I mean, it was included in the tour. How much was your package. trip? Could you booked it through a travel agency, right? I did. Or like a tour company. I was there for I think. I was in Eastern Europe for about three weeks. I think I paid around $3,000 and I included my flights. That's really good, actually. It really was. That's, uh... That's, uh... That's the episode. That's it. That's, uh... That's the Willitska Salt Mine and a brief look at, uh... My favorite vacation. It was a good vacation. It was a good vacation. I loved it. All so right. many vegan restaurants there. I was not expecting. Like, at least, like, oh, one that's on cool. every corner. That's helpful. Because you were full vegan at the I time. I was a full vegan, and... Like, I'd never been somewhere where there was... You could literally just walk down the street and point out, like, two vegan restaurants. And how were you able to tell they were vegan? Did the chore guy tell you? They would say. But they wouldn't say in English, right? They, they would sometimes. Um, I also... So if you are vegan or vegetarian, I do, like, super recommend the paid version of the Happy Cow app because it will tell you like local favorites because what I like to do is I don't like to just go find regular food like I don't want to get like Americanized food I want like regional comfort food. yeah so I did do a little bit of research and one thing that I did because I did not purchase um, a data plan an international data plan so I could only use my phone when I was connected On to wi-fi, Wi-Fi. So when you're walking around, you're not connected to Wi-Fi. So what I would do is whenever I went to a new city, I would download the offline version of Google Maps for that city. Mm-hmm. Um, the night before, I would go through Happy Cal. I would make a list of places, and I'd put stars on the map so that oh, okay. wherever I was, you I could... knew exactly where I could go for lunch that was nearby. Oh, that's awesome. So That's, that's really smart. I just that, paid for a, the international data. That's a hack for um, dietary restrictions when you're traveling. How come you didn't pay for the international data? Because uh, it was a lot of money, and I do not want it. I think Arnold international international data was like $30 to turn it on and $30 to turn it off oh yeah I don't know but I was just like I don't want to pay extra money that's Um, fair and also like if I'm visiting somewhere I've never been I don't want to be on my phone I don't want to feel like I I don't know if I'm stuck somewhere I would rather people watch see what's around me instead of like scrolling Facebook Facebook like I would do here while I'm at home yeah that's fair um and then when you get back to the hotel at night there's wi-fi and you can upload your pictures or you can
1: message your friends
0: yeah like when i was in germany i would always like be waking up as my sister was going to bed Mm -hmm. so we would talk
1: well fun thank you for taking us to the salt mine it's not quite as salty as my soul but it was close um we don't have next episode planned just yet because it's birthday week because using our brains. week at recording time of recording it is the 20th my birthday is in four days so all i'm thinking about is ways to spoil myself woo, woo, woo. um so next episode will be a surprise to us all <laughs> it'll be a journey but we'll get there it'll be a journey but we'll get there well thank you for listening to our podcast I don't know
0: what my line is in the exit. Excited! I took a nap this afternoon. So once we wrap up, I'm going to start Elena Urquhart from Orbit's book. And then I'm going to go to sleep and I'm real excited to read it. I'm going to sleep basically as soon as I get home. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us this week. You can follow us wherever you get your podcasts at Full Scream Ahead. You can also follow us wherever, you, no, you just said wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at Full Scream Ahead on the Instagram and at Full Scream Ahead Podcast on the Facebook um, you can also follow our personal socials. I am at Twitter at Emily Strange 27 I am at Twitter at BabyLasseter. And Instagram is at ShipSailed. And that's all, folks.
1: Well, you can also email us questions, comments, concerns, oh. spooky stories to a full scream ahead podcast at gmail.com. But Emily something. didn't want you to do that today. So maybe that means you should extra do it to upset Listen, her. I didn't pull up my outline. I'm just winging it. You did a good job for winging it. I completely blanked it's like thanks for coming to my podcast what else do i say thanks for coming um That's we don't it. do we have an outro bit this time there's got to be a good outro bit in here somewhere it could be one of the silly little songs they sing but i absolutely 100 percent want the cover of this episode to be assault mime fight me <laughs> please please for the love of god please make it an assault mime
0: <laughs> how about this for an outro question have you ever visited somewhere that you said you did not want to go back to Like on a vacation. Ah, engaging. You give the audience a question so they respond and it
1: boosts your numbers. Very smart, Emily. Yes. Yeah, tell us about a place that you went and you're like, fuck that, never going back. (laughs) Do you have an answer for that? Because I just did a whole hour on that. No. I mean, no, not really. There's Orlando, but I'm going to go back to Orlando anyway, uh, because that's where Disney World is and I haven't been yet.
0: I've Um, never been to Disney World, Disneyland either.
1: Oh, it's great. Yeah. I've never been to Disney World, but I've been to Disneyland a couple times. And then I went to Disneyland parents, Paris once. I might not go back to Paris. Is it one of those things you just got to see at least once? I didn't choose to go to Paris. Oh. I was invited to Paris. My hotel was free, and half of my flight was paid for by the person who wanted me to go with and them. that's not bad. That. You might as well go for the experience. I did, literally, I was like, 10 days in Paris. I don't pay for a hotel, and you're covering half of my flight, so my flight is $500. All I have to pay for is food and souvenirs. Lit. And, and I didn't have to make the itinerary. That's always the best. My friend scheduled everything because this was her dream trip. She'd wanted to go to Paris her whole life. And I was like, I'm absolutely along for the ride. Let's go.
0: I love that. When I travel, I like to be busy. Same. I tried to book a trip with one of my exes once, and I did the same thing. Like, I blocked out our time, and I blocked out what was our free time. And, and I then, like, like, every step of the way, I was just like, I want to go back to the hotel and take a nap. And I'm just like, but Forest. I like to be busy, but
1: um, be willing to adjust plans as necessary. So I did get sick for a day when we were in Paris, just because it was like cold and rainy. And I'm really sensitive to that. Yeah. Um, And we were walking around outside a lot at the um, uh, Versailles. Mm -hmm. And so the next day I or that night I got back to the hotel um, and I just felt like crap. So I went to a corner store market across the street and then I ended up going to a restaurant and I was like, hey, like, I'm, I'm getting a, I'm, I'm sick, my throat hurts Like, what do you have for me? She's like, oh, I have tea with rum and pepper. And I was like okay, sure. Cool. So they gave me that and she was like, this fixes you right up. And I was like, alright, great. So I drank that, went to bed and then the next day I stayed in the hotel all day watching Lucifer because I didn't have it in yeah. me to go around and do things. Cause I, I was like, I sacrificed the one day so I can enjoy the rest of the trip
0: since That's i got funny. sick
1: in the middle of it and then it worked out
0: <laughs> but those are only some like some of the best adventures like the main memory i have from vienna was um, my roommates and the hotel they went out to dinner i didn't go with them cuz it was advertised as a super meaty hearty dinner and also mm-hmm. i was just like i'm fucking exhausted mm-hmm. um I need to sleep. But they came back and they were drunk and one's like throwing up and super sick. And she's like, all I want is a Sprite and some crackers. And I'm just like, God fucking damn it. So that's how I ended up. Like the only open grocery store I could find was in a train station. So that's why I ended up in a Viennese train station in the middle of the night in my Power Rangers jammies, trying to corral some drunk bitch. And um, that was the night I discovered paprika Pringles which is the love of my life. Was the drunk bitch you? It was not me. I was the sober one trying to corral them. Wait, why were you trying to corral a drunk bitch? Because she's wandering around the train station in the middle of the night yelling about how she needs sprites and saltines. But you didn't have to get involved in that. I was not going to let her wander off in Vienna all by herself. Did you know her? We had traveled together for, like, two weeks at this point. Oh, she was in your tour group. Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) I missed that detail. I was like, did you just, like, grab a random stranger and be like, hey, here's some chips
0: and saltines? (laughs) Like, what? No, so I had to... She was my roommate, so I I, I kind of felt obligated to not let her run off into the night.
1: That's correct. So that's how I
0: ended up in a train station in my Power Rangers jammies in the middle of Vienna in the middle of the night. Wow. Um we found some fun stuff though. Like I found an alley that was like entirely done up with like flower twinkle lights and oh, I had no idea what that was for. Um we found a really nice gelato stand with a large section of vegan gelato. Mm-hmm. And they had pistachio, which is my favorite. That's awesome. And yeah, that's my f- Do you want my pistachio gelato? I have at my house. I fucking love pistachio. Oh my anything. god,
1: can you please eat it on my birthday? Yes. It's been in the fr- freezer for far too long. I, I th- eat all
0: your pistachio ice
1: cream. I thought it was mint chip because it was green <laughs> and, and then it was pistachio. pistachio and I tried it and I didn't like it. I
0: love pistachio.
1: I love pistachios. I don't like pistachio ice cream. <laughs> it's something about the, like the, the, the flavor it doesn't belong like with the texture not like, and the it's temperature. Not like sweet. Well, it's not even that. It's like, like, cause pistachios aren't sweet, so I wouldn't expect it to be sweet. But like the texture and the the coldness mm. throws me off. It's like Dutch Bros has a jelly donut coffee. Have you had
0: that? Yes, I tried it last time you brought it over.
1: Yes, so that that's it's the same thing. It just throws you fucking off. It just throws you off. Like that that's the flavor I know, but the texture and the temperature is odd. <laughs> like that's how I feel about pistachio ice cream.
0: Oh, I make pistachio coffee at least like once a week. What? Yeah, I have pistachio coffee syrup. It's my favorite. Um, and Starbucks usually does their pistachio latte for a couple weeks every year. What? Usually around my birthday, and it's always like what I get for my birthday drink. I love pistachio coffee. I'm going
1: to need you to make me pistachio coffee.
0: I will make you pistachio latte one of these days.
1: I'm interested to try it. Can we do it on a Saturday? Yes. Since we record in the morning on Saturdays? Yep. Coffee after work sounds like a bad idea for <laughs> Oh, me. for sure. All right. Well, that is a wrap. We're going to close up this podcast because I need to go to bed. Uh, me too. All right.
0: Bye. Thanks.
1: Bye. bye. Happy hauntings. Happy hauntings. <music> Friends, beans, fever, dreams. Small little beans.